Já viu rico namorar pobre? officially Friday and what a day to be alive. I live for the weekend. I come alive in the weekend and I am just so excited for another weekend. Um, of course, you all know the voice of yours truly, the hostess with the mostest, Amanda Young. And then we have with us today, Shexy Sherry. What's up, bitches? And Pensacola Paul. Hello, it is Pride Weekend here in Atlanta this weekend, and I am so ready to be done with work today and get my fucking weekend started. Jack is clearly ready to. He's begging for the action over there. He is. He um, said. He said it's Pride Weekend. I have a sitter this weekend. Get out of this house and let me have a fun time. Exactly. I just realized you guys have never given me a nickname. You both have a nickname. I have nothing. You've brought this up before. And you still didn't fix it. So what? It has to be natural. You can't force it. Fine. But you guys aren't even trying. You just what want me to mean? You introduce you, yourself. You Right. One of these days you need to introduce me. Well, you have to let us do that. This is your podcast. But now that we know that can happen. It can happen. You're right. Anything's possible on Say La Um, This has been honestly a pretty good week for me. Like, how are you? How are you both feeling? Good. Things are busy, um, but the weather is finally shifting again. It's finally getting a little bit cooler outside. Um, I've like officially like blown off my porch, put up my Halloween lights. Like, I'm I'm excited. I'm feeling good. I feel fucking horrible. Um, my allergies have been acting up. I think it activated my asthma, which has not happened in years. So I'm concerned about that. Um, I'm coming off of like a two week stint where I have been going balls to the wall, like doing things. I had to leave work for a week to do another project. There's just a lot going on. So I'm glad it's finally slowing down because I overdid it. I'm exhausted. <laughs> Lovely. I have to say I'm also exhausted, but I feel like I thrive in situations where like I'm busy, right? Where like I have things to do. I find that I'm most upset or like disgruntled when I don't have like a ton going on. So although I'm exhausted, I'm happy that I've been busy with auditions. I've been busy with my day job. You know what I realized? Like my affirmations that I've been saying lately is one that I think is really working for me. And I'm going to share this with you guys. I wake up every morning and I say, I'm busy, but I love my work and I love myself. And I feel like that's been working for me really well. So if you ever need like a good morning, pick me up, like, that I think is a really good one. I love that. Okay. So what has everyone been watching, reading, listening to this week? Um, so everybody has already been talking about it all over the internet, but for anyone who hasn't watched it, who has not officially like jumped their hurdle and started it on Netflix, everybody go watch squid game. Go watch those squids. 
I've only watched one episode and I'm hooked, <laughs> but I just haven't had time to like continue. Yeah. It's uh it's it's very good. Um I think more so than anything, the fact that it's a Korean series and it's about to overtake Bridgerton as the most successful Netflix series of all time is absolutely incredible. Um, it's giving me like the vibes of like Parasite a couple years ago, whenever it was like sweeping Oscars and like Academy Award seasons. And like, listen, I personally, people are going to chastise me for it. I personally couldn't really get into Bridgerton. Wasn't really my thing. I didn't really relate to the hype behind it. I never finished all of it. Like the sex scenes were great, but that's kind of what I got out of it. Whereas Squid Game, high thriller, like good performances, characters that I really liked. Um, and I think one of the things that's most interesting about it is the fact that the director has come out and said that, you know, he initially started this script and started pitching it 13 years ago, um, back in 2008 and he never got it approved, never got it like greenlit until now. And it's like the biggest criticisms that I see towards Squid Game are that like, they're like comparing it to other things and being like, Oh, this is kind of a ripoff of hunger games or a battle Royale or like, there's all these things that they're comparing it to. And I'm like, it technically, according to the director, he had all this plan way before those were even a thing. So, and even so that's not a new concept. It's not the fact that like people are competing for like food or money or like people are in a desolate state. So now they are like freaking out. That's like, Oh, tale as old as time, baby. We've been yeah, using tale that. Tale as old as time, classic <laughs> metaphor for capitalism. Like we've seen, we yeah. see it in a big thing every few years. Like it's why dystopian, the the genre of dystopian will always be like popular because it's just accentuating the world we already live in. I mean, it's but the classic it, conflict of man versus probably community. Yeah. Like that's not new. That's a script yeah. slash literature analysis and at the discretion of money people really are stupid honestly um but i loved the first episode i was friggin shocked because i didn't want to know anything about like what happened and it was really hard for me because you know the whole entire internet would not stop shutting up shutting up about it so i would like see that little like big ass barbie doll or whatever the fuck and like (laughs) the red light green light doll yeah i did not want to um get it spoiled for me but it's shocking i'm loving it so far koreans no one makes cinema like koreans they are so detailed yeah and you can just tell they and like a lot of korean filmmakers will say they study the works of like american filmmakers but then they have perfected it they've now (laughs) outshined especially the genre of horror like i and this is we won't do it as a whole media recommendation but just as a quick little plug for anybody looking for a movie to watch during like spooky season um there's a korean film called the wailing that's on shutter and on hulu and it came out in 2019 i believe um i watched it the other night just as fyi it's 156 minutes long it's very long it does not feel that way it's brilliant it's so 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 fucking good um it's quick. It feels very fast. And every single second of that movie feels important. It's, it's very well done. Yeah. They are doing things that we have not even dreamed of yet. And I'm happy that the Koreans are getting their day. It's really exciting when you see someone come from out of the woodworks and be celebrated in such a way. And that's kind of how I feel about squid game. Um, 
and I recommend it to you, but I've only seen one episode, so I can't really like get into it. But my actual recommendation, um, lately I've been really trying to take my happiness and mental health into my own hands. So I'm a huge, like huge supporter of therapy if that's not something that you're doing. But if you're looking for a cheaper option that I think is really helpful, I love the Calm app. So I've had the Calm app for a while. Um, and usually during like around Black Friday, they'll do like a sale where it's like maybe 50% off for a year. And I bought it and I kind of just wasn't really using it that much. But I have recently started using it and I love it. They have meditations, they have sleep stories, they have just like calming music, they have affirmation meditations if you just want a boost in self-worth and mood. I totally recommend it. I have noticed a huge difference in just my overall mood and happiness and it feels good to kind of take that part of my health into my own hands. So I definitely recommend it if you have not tried it already. Let me tell you something. Those sleep stories, I thought, whatever. I thought, whatever. I'll, people recommended them. I was like, yeah, sure. Okay, whatever. And I just put one on one night. When I tell you, I have never heard the ending of a single one of those stories because I never make it to the end. They it's a, it's incredible. Like, it's, it's amazing. Incredible. <laughs> Honestly, new goal of mine is to narrate a sleep story on the call map. Like, Idris Elba telling me that story about that purple queen or whatever the fuck. I was knocked yes. out, baby. And I had Stephen Fry has one too that, like, Yes, yeah. the Stephen Fry one is so mm-hmm. good. I've, I've done that one several times because yep. it lulls Never me to sleep within five minutes. Within five minutes, I'm drooling on my pillow. But also, if you haven't tried the meditation, those are really, really great too. They do like guided meditation. And some of them, they have like different categories. So it's like, if you want to be more productive, if you just want to overall boost in self-worth, if you want to improve your relationships, like they have all these different meditations that you can use. And I really, really, really love them. And I didn't think that I would. Coupled with therapy. I mean, I'm a healed woman. <laughs> Siri, what's your recommendation? Depression. Who is depression? And I'm getting ahead of my seasonal depression this year. Baby, y'all can't stop me. January is usually the time from November to January is usually the time that y'all bitches can catch up to me because I'm depressed. I'm in my house. I'm feeling lonely, sad, like a piece of crap. Not this year, baby. I'm ahead all year long. Um, Is it my turn? Yes. Yes. No, it's the ghost behind you's turn. Obviously. Don't say that it's Halloween season. There could be a ghost behind me. Don't say that, girl. Well, if they're ready to talk, then give them the mic, girl, because come on, let's go. Well, if there's anything that we've learned, it's that ghosts do not haunt. Ghosts are the haunted. That's my plug for the week. Jane, let's move on. (laughs) Let's, Let's move on. Okay, so my recommendation is actually... How do I put this? It's a bunch of cosplay YouTube videos. And this is actually quite interesting because I'm planning my Halloween costume and I have been binge watching people make themselves up in SFX makeup. So that's special effects makeup. Um, And for Halloween, I'm not going to reveal it, but I am literally doing like a full like on makeup look, which is I was at the... um, the costume store and I dropped $200 at the fucking costume store. 
on Monday, <laughs> getting like Ben Nye makeup, Krylin, getting um, Mayron makeup. And if you're into makeup, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, and yeah, I'm going to be a certain color. Like I'm literally paint like almost body painting. I'm not going to go that far, but that's one of my Halloween costumes. I have two. I might do three. Um, specifically, um, I have been watching snitchery. So if you follow at snitchery, she does such amazing cosplay and she's black. So it's nice to see someone on the black stage. I also, um, what is her name? Why am I so bad with names? Like, what is wrong with me? Um, I've been watching. She doesn't post anymore, but her looks are so good. Um, her name is Heather Heather Morehouse, and she's from the UK. So fantastic. This woman can transform her face into whatever she wants. And quite honestly, I'm also getting a lot of inspiration from Shane's recommendation from weeks ago, which is Glow Up, that um, makeup series on Netflix. It really... Wow. Wow. It's so nice to see people forced to do an assignment immediately because with makeup i feel like you could take hours no they have an hour and a half like it's it's insane the the things that they can make during that there's something about uk um competition shows like in it's so it's such a refreshing um it's so refreshing from like united states competition shows where people are like mean to each other and they are like just competing the entire time. And all these UK yeah. competition shows, like especially Glow Up, Great British Bake Off, all those, like they're supporting Great each British other. Bake Off is everything to me. It is. And they're, it's so, it's so heartwarming. Hug. Yeah, there's yes. no Jeffree yes. Star mm-hmm. bullshit. Right. Like there's hope in humanity, the way that these people are competing, competing against each other, but also rooting for each other. Right. Imagine. Right. And it's like, there's something about people that are foreign doing makeup that I really enjoy. I've noticed that when I watch um, non-American makeup specifically, like there is something refreshing that they bring to it. Um, Some uh, another um, makeup creator that I love watching. It's the twins. Their names are James and Robert. I really enjoy watching the Welshes as well. James and Robert Welsh, because they, they give just such a direct approach to doing makeup. And I, yeah, I'm doing cosplay. Stay tuned. Love. I love very cool. Awaken your inner, but I don't know your inner artist, your inner nerdy artist, your inner MUA. Oh my gosh! Awaken your inner blurred. Do you know what a blurred is, Shane? Uh, I don't blurred. know what that is. No, it's a black nerd. That's like oh. a she doesn't need to be awakened. Now. She's been here. It's a new movement now, the blurred movement, where everyone's like, I like anime and cosplay. So that's cool. Awaken your blurred baby. Make oh, sure that's you have been around. That yeah, they just labeled it. It's the movement. Mm, I kind of disagree, but yeah, let's move on. It's a movement. It's a movement. All thanks to the internet and y'all. The internet this week. The internet this week. Chaos. Okay, so let's back it up a little bit. You all know that earlier this week, 
Instagram, Facebook, and WhatsApp were down. The entire world was freaking out, and Twitter has never had so many users at one time. I'm sure they were freaking out, like, our servers are going to fucking crash because everybody is on damn Twitter. And the world quite literally stopped. And honestly, I just don't... I hate to admit that, for me things were stopping but like they were my job i my day job i do marketing and social media so i'm like okay i need to be on social media to look at the things i need to look at and i'm just sitting there refreshing all day like what am i gonna do just sit here and do nothing but a lot of people felt as though their world stopped maybe in just like a social way but also in like a work way and it was a really kind of startling reality that showed us just how tethered we are to these apps i thought it was really interesting that like especially on the topic of work like the amount of because obviously everybody flocked to Twitter um, and even Twitter was struggling to deal with the the traffic for a little while. But like um, it was crazy seeing people tweeting about how like, like I have several friends who do like broadcasting and they were like, hey, because of the outage, like we're not broadcasting this game tonight or this thing here. And I'm like, that's wild to me because I never really thought about it that way. But like truly like Facebook, as much as we want to talk about like how I think the majority of like millennials now, like we're all on Facebook, but like we don't use it as actively, you know, but like it's still like used for business and it's still like people aren't watching broadcasts on YouTube. They're watching them on Facebook and they're it. It's just baffling to me, like to see like just out of after like four or five hours of an outage, like how much like the business world just like stood still and was like, wait, we don't know what to do anymore. Like, how do we function? I think that's it. This whole thing has been interesting. Actually, Shane, one of the, one of my pod friends that I started following is Shane's girl, Mallory page from Mallory page photography. Mallory page was ahead of the curve because about like a month ago to like two weeks ago, she actually stopped posting on Instagram. Now she has someone else managing her Instagram for a photography page. And she went on this whole rant about how she does not own anything that happens on Instagram. And like basically any leads that she needs to get can come from her website. So now she posts exclusively on her blog. So before all this was happening, Shane's friend Mallory has capitalize on her real estate. And I have been adamant about this. Actually, I actually went back to my blog and started posting things on my blog first before posting them on social media outlets. Cause guess what? Like Vine, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, we saw it can go away in one day and all of your strategies will be gone. Is that what we want? No. And I have this book that I actually bought um, called blog Inc from years ago. Cause I used to be into blogging a lot. Like I used to, I used to blog, but my problem is I, <laughs> I love to start over and delete <laughs> the whole platform, which is a problem. Um, and I've stopped doing that since, but I think it is so important that we get our own domains because your domain will go down when you want it to. That's literally when you stop paying for it. Instagram and Facebook, those are versions of a blog. A blog is a web log. I guess I'm in a definition mood today. Um, and that could mean anything. Stories, whatever. Stories are vlogs, video logs. Okay. Like we can do that on our own shit and make our own money off of it. We can get advertisers 
to pay us on our websites. And after Monday, I literally had a blog post in my queue. I said, send, send. Well, this goes back even to, do you remember, um, like we talked about on here, like the OnlyFans thing, whenever OnlyFans came out, they were like, Hey, we're not going to allow pornographic material on the platform anymore. Um, and they've since, <laughs> they've since redacted that and they're like, Oh wait, actually, never mind. Um, but I know whenever that was happening, I know a lot of creators who like, they were just like, you know what, like, this is the bump that I needed that like, I'm just going to have my own website with my own content that I own. That's not owned by another company and owned by this like other platform. And then you add on this like stuff with Facebook with like their monopoly over Instagram and WhatsApp and like people weren't able to communicate, which I think is the other side of this whole issue, which I know we have stuff to talk about. Like it, that's the part that I think really gets me the most is like, it wasn't just social media. Like that's people's means of communication that were just gone. Yeah. I think we have failed to realize what social media has turned into these days. Like in our minds, those of us who were around before social media existed, it's like, this is a fun entertaining outlet, right? Where it's like superfluous to what happens to my everyday life. And then Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp go down and you realize just how attached you are. Like you're, you're, life cannot continue and not because you're like a shallow person who's addicted to pictures of people on the internet, but because so much of our livelihood is now tethered to social media. It's, it's a true lifeline. Like it's a, it's a daily part of our lives that like it, and because of the impact on society overall, like, you know, we, I think we all kind of take like our, you know, hiatuses or like we all do like a little bit of a, a detox from, from tech every now and then. But at the end of the day, like, it's very hard to just say, you know what? I'm not doing technology at all anymore because everyone and everything around us revolves around social media. Like I have friends who are actors who like went all throughout college without Facebook, never had a Facebook, did not want a Facebook, got into the industry and realized, Oh, it's required. Like I have to have a Facebook page, um, just for communication. Like it's crazy. And like, even if I wanted to take a hiatus from social media for myself, for my job, I have to be on social media for like, honestly, to communicate with my friends and loved ones who don't live in this country, I need to be on social media. And it's just really, I think for me, it's a reality, but it was like a very startling reality. I don't necessarily like how reliant we are on these social media platforms like it's just very it's eye-opening but like eyes wide shut type shit like it's giving black mirror and i don't really like it one time i tried deleting my instagram and i immediately had to like reactivate it because someone was like i've been trying to reach you for a business opportunity and i literally said to them go to my website like what the fuck? Ah, because I feel like if it were a different day and age, like business owners and I don't know, celebrities would be like, why the fuck are you contacting me here? Do not DM me, contact me the way that I need to be contacted. Like now I feel like communication has flipped. And now instead of contacting the service you need, you have to, the service has to be available to contact the consumer, which is very interesting. That has never happened before. It's so. interesting that you say that because I'm like, I'm the type of person who 
I like to investigate before, like I make any type of investment that could be even going to a restaurant with my friends. And I want to know like, what's the ambiance like what's on the menu. And never once do I go to their website. It's always on Instagram that I am doing this investigation. So that is a really interesting point that you bring up because there was a point in time when we were still using MapQuest and Instagram and Facebook didn't exist where if we needed to know information about a business, we would be on their website. I can tell you I've not been on a restaurant or business's website in probably a calendar year. Like, what am I going there for? I I already have the Instagram app open and I can just see everything I need to see there. Their business hours are there. Their menu is linked there. I can even get a reservation straight from Instagram. So what would I need to go on their website for? Well, I think not only like on Instagram, not only do you have like the people who are making the posts and reviewing, you get the comments. So you get other everyday people who are commenting and saying, Oh, here's what I think about it. Oh, this sucks. Or, Oh, this is great. I love this so much. Then you get to see like the business themselves, like respond to it. Like the first thing that I'll do, like, cause you know how, like we all Instagram shop now, like Instagram pops up those things, um, with ads and shopping and click here and buy. And it really needs to stop because That's it's very bad for me. Advice. That's truly my bias. <laughs> I buy so much random shit off of fucking Instagram. Yep. I know, but I'll, but I always base it off like, I go to the comments though. And I'm like, I want to see how the business responds to inquiries. I want to see like, are they answering people's questions? Are they giving like people responses? If someone has a complaint, are they acknowledging it? Um, and it's crazy because like you kind of, you, you couldn't get that from a website. A website is, is determined by the, by the owner. Like they determine what people see. Whereas on Instagram, like I can go and I can see live reviews. A restaurant's not going to put bad reviews on their website. You can find them on Instagram though, in the comments. Um, so I just want to chime in really quickly and hear what your opinions are about this, because this whole situation happened. There has been a trend where we are kind of regressing in terms of how much we're interacting with technology Example, podcasts in the last five years have become so popular and it's not a new concept. It's literally a radio show. It has been happening since we first human beings first had light. You know what I mean? So it begs the question, do we think that there's going to be the same regression and kind of, um, repression, if you will, of social media where people will no longer rely as heavily because of the things we learn from this outage. I think what, I think it goes back to what Sherry was saying earlier, even about uh, my friend Mallory. Like, I think there's a realization that people are making um, across the industry as a whole, like not even just in terms of social media, but in terms of their music, we're seeing it with Taylor Swift. We're seeing it with, um, uh, uh, Reba McIntyre even is doing it now. Like we're seeing artists and people take control and ownership over their material. And I think that, I mean, essentially our, our social media, like our Instagrams, our Facebooks, like those are our personal brands for who we are. And for those of us that use Instagram as actors, or we use it as artists or photographers, like I think there is this idea that we've realized how fragile technology can be whenever we're at the complete like disposal of corporate America, like that Facebook has this monopoly over the industry. If something ever happens to Facebook again, or like, I know there were people like rumors happening on Monday that like someone had deleted um, a ton of, of coding, like from the Facebook side that like there was a, people were like spreading rumors that like Facebook might actually be gone. Like 
that there's like a, a whole lot of concern with that. And it's like, that is people's livelihoods. It's where people store their stuff and their business and they don't have their own ownership over it. And I think it's made people realize like, Oh wait, I probably need to have a backup. Like I think even for myself, like I think before this week, like I canceled, like I, my senior year of college, we are, one of our tasks was, was building our website as actors. Right. And I remember up until like right around whenever, uh, COVID like was picking up last, uh, last spring. And I remember having the realization, I was like, what the fuck am I paying for this for? Why am I paying for this website? Why am I paying for this domain? Why am I paying the monthly fee for this? Like people don't use my website. People are going to my Instagram, if anything, like, and I think it, it, this past week has made me think a little more about it. I'm like, you know, like Instagram's not, not, it might not be stable. It's not a stable source of like, I need to have things backed up. It's yeah, more than just a, a backup thing though. It's for the first time you have your own point of view about what you want your portfolio to look like. I think as a society, we have escaped that. We want to be in sweats all the time, especially after COVID. We want to be relaxed. We want to be approachable, but there are some situations where that cannot happen. And that includes art. Like if you are selling either a service or you're trying to get cast in something, everything needs to be in the same place. So like for an actor specifically, if I'm a casting director and I need something from you, like let's say I can't find your headshot, I need to be able to download it from your website. I need to be able to see your reel because what if I'm really considering you? Stuff like that and the convenience of it, that's what the website is for. It's for the convenience of the person using it, not necessarily for us. And I think we forget that. Instagram may be for us. That is something that we can totally say. Um, but your website is usually for someone who is looking for something. So let me, I have a rebuttal to that. It's funny that you say that websites are for the convenience of the person who's viewing them because I find websites to be incredibly inconvenient. That's why I think things like actors access and casting networks are the reason and the why that we are being casted is because it's convenient. I don't have to go to Shane's website, then your website, then Amanda's website. That's it's all there. And I think that's why Instagram became so popular because it became a database for convenience. And no matter what I need to look for, it's there. And I understand um, the need to have your own space on the internet because those, I mean, actors access can also go away tomorrow. And like, we need to be able to know that you have your material readily available for someone to access. But I do think it's really funny or interesting, not funny that the websites are viewed as convenience for the viewer. Absolutely. Because, um, so in terms of what you're saying, I'm going to expand upon that a little bit. I mean, it's for further research. So usually, yes, the first bite is usually from like either social media or from actors access backstage, whatever. That is true. If it, if a casting director wants to know more about you, they're going to type in your name on Google. One of three things are going to come up, your Instagram, your Twitter, or your website. So it's, it's interesting to see if it, if it, you are more, um, I feel reliable if your website comes up first, because then it's literally a curated montage of what you want them to see. Versus Instagram, you could be naked. 
you can be naked and that's the first thing they see. So it's kind of like, I know LinkedIn tried to fill that gap, but there is nothing like you curating your own portfolio. To this day, I have two websites. Um, I read this book also called Show Your Work by Austin Kleon. He also worked, um, he wrote Feel Like an Artist. And one thing that he has been adamant about that I have taken on is always have a blog for your work as an artist. And his... He also has Twitter. He's very active on social media, but his um, response to that, the reason why you need a blog and a website is so you can show someone else that you are still working. That is the place to show your workshop. I wouldn't necessarily post things I'm workshopping on my own Instagram, but I would post it on my blog. This is like drafts, stuff like that. So if someone wanted to look you up and see what you were up to, they can see this person is still working, whether it's for themselves, whether it's for someone else, but they're still work shopping. So I think that's the important thing because a lot of people miss that. Like, let's say you have real material that didn't make it to your reel. Who says you can't post it? Post it on your blog. Who cares? Well, that's where it's I think the, the big pull comes from like four websites. And I have used mine in the past where it's like, you know, that's my, that's a, it's a one click link that I can send to somebody that like, Hey, this website here has, you know, it's something that was designed by me. I have like high resolution photos you can download if you need to. I have real stuff on there. Um, and it's kind of just like, this is all my material that I want to share that's accessible here that may not end up on my actors access or whatever. But I think there is something to be said too about like, um, you know, actors access and casting networks and all that. But even in terms of Instagram, I think the big pull with it too, is like, it's uniform. Everybody's Instagram is the same. I don't going to people's websites. Like I could spend five minutes trying to figure out where do I click? Where do I go? Like, because they've designed it and created it themselves, which is great. And it adds your own personal flair, but it, it's just, it, it's also a frustrating thing because all this time goes into like making your website. And it's like, are people actually using it or not? Like, or are they just going to my fucking Instagram? Also, um, on this note, I do think it's worth mentioning that there was a former Facebook employee who acted as a whistleblower and testified, um, honestly, days before Facebook went down. And some of the things she was claiming were definitely not great for Facebook. She mentioned that she knows that Facebook is aware of the fact that they're causing harm to vulnerable people like children who are susceptible to body dysmorphia and feeling badly about themselves because of the platform and Instagram and because of adults who are susceptible to misinformation and that they're actually not looking to regulate. They say they want to regulate those things, but they probably won't because the more misinformation there is on the internet, the more people are sharing it, engaging with it, opening it, clicking on the links. So it's actually good for Facebook's metrics if they keep that misinformation out there, which I think it was really interesting. Um, and honestly, there was some other things that were said, but across the aisle, both Republicans and Democrats are seeming to be very uneasy with these learnings and all of a sudden Facebook, Instagram and WhatsApp were down. So I, I won't say that it's because of that. I do think it is very strange that all of a sudden we heard this information and gone from the internet. Were they? Well, Monday was one of those days where like 
it didn't feel like a regular outage after it went on for like 30 minutes. Like, and I remember it was one of those days where like, you know, it's those rare days where things are happening that you start going like this could, this could be a lot bigger than we're thinking it is right now. Like an outage feels normal when it first happens and then it continues. And like, you start looking at all the things that have happened beforehand, like what, what you were just talking about. And it's like, it, it was one of those, one of those weird feelings, like one of those days where it's like, I, I'm going to keep an eye on this because this could actually, this has a lot of weight. Like this could be a lot bigger than we realize. I don't know. I think it'll be interesting. The pandemic has really changed the world in more ways than we could have ever imagined. And it, I think the next five years will be truly very telling just about how much we were affected by our change in lifestyle. So I don't know, but we'll take a quick break and we will be back after this. And we are back. This next segment is about celebrities talking too much. We should just, you know, make it a segment on the show. It's uh, actually at this point, it probably is. This week, we are talking about two women that tried to come for Denzel Washington and Denzel Washington was not having it. The first person we're talking about is Ellen Pompeo. Denzel Washington directed an episode of Grey's Anatomy in which she had a very embarrassing interaction with Denzel on her part because what the fuck was she doing? And here we go. We will give you a reenactment of what happened. Ellen Pompeo is in the middle of acting on Grey's Anatomy. And this happened. She says, this is a good Denzel story. She talks about how they went at it on set after she gave another actor direction without consulting Denzel first. She says, and I quote, the other actor made this choice to speak very softly. And Meredith was pissed that she had to sit there and listen to this apology. And he wasn't looking at her in the eye. Uh, Meredith is her character on Grey's Anatomy, if I'm not mistaken. Right? Okay. Meredith Grey, she, yeah. Yes, Meredith Grey. So she continues. So I yelled at him. I was like, look at me when you apologize. Look at me. And that wasn't in the dialogue. And Denzel went ham on my ass. Denzel was like, I'm the director. Don't you tell him what to do. She continued. She said, listen, motherfucker, this is my show. This is my set. Who are you telling? Like, you barely know where the bathroom is, bitch. She literally. <laughs> Denzel's wife was on set that day. And. <laughs> She told his wife that she's not okay with him and I'm not looking at him. I'm not talking to him. She said she has the utmost respect for Denzel as an actor and a director and called the whole exchange an amazing experience. Clearly not, mama. Like, <laughs> I can't believe she told this story and thought, I'm in the right and people are going to agree with me. No, bitch. He's your director. Like... <laughs> there is that not is so one embarrassing. part of this story that does not make me cringe. The fact that she's telling it in the first place is really where I start. Why the fuck are you sharing this? This goes back 
to celebrities and actors thinking that they're so fucking cute that they start telling on themselves. It is really so strange. Why are you out of nowhere bringing this story up as if you are so cute? And I get it. It's because she is the leading lady of a network television show. When she was Meredith Grey, we did not have many of them on TV. I get why Ellen Pompeo wants to have her flowers. If you are an actor, you respect the director. That is your job as an actor. They are hired as the director because they have an overall vision of what the product is looking like. As an actor, we only have the scope of what we are experiencing right now. It's disrespectful on many fronts, even if it wasn't Denzel who she was talking to. Even if it was a random director we had never heard of, that is just not proper set etiquette, and she deserves to be dragged for it. It's incredibly embarrassing. I would think if I was Ellen Pompeo and this happened to me on set, say I had an outburst like that, I don't ever want this to get out. In fact, I'm going to go apologize to Denzel in private and I'm going to say, like, can we please keep this between us? Like, I'm very sorry for how I acted. Like, I, like are you kidding me? You want to talk about it and you want to be like, isn't this a funny thing that happened? I really respect him as a director, though. Clearly, you don't. What's really embarrassing on set is that she went to his wife who was on set that day. She did not she tell to the ass, community. She went to his motherfucking wife to tell on him. Bitch, if you don't sit your ass back down because places, motherfucker. <laughs> Camera speed, light speed. I'm you dead idiot. at places. Yes. If you don't sit your <laughs> ass down. You know what? This is not the first time she's done that because she was on a panel with Shonda Rhimes talking about race in, I guess, the TV sphere. And they were talking about how black women are marginalized. And Ellen Pompeo stood up and said, sorry, can't do this and left. And literally Shonda Rhimes looked at her and said, anyway, and continued on with her story. Like, is she okay? No, this is I what know I you say. saw that. This is what I will say. Ellen Pompeo, I appreciate her for many things because she has been a loud voice in the fight for racial equality. Um, I'm pretty sure her kids are black. So I understand her viewpoint, right? She does a lot with her privilege to speak about things that may not be discussed if they are not coming from Ellen Pompeo. But this is an age-old tale of just because you do the right thing most times does not mean that you're doing the right thing all the time. And we are all open to criticism, even those of us who are doing important work and speaking for the voiceless. Sometimes... Well, you're doing, you're getting a little big for your britches, right? We thank you for the good work that you're doing, but doesn't it mean now you get to own this space and say whatever and do whatever? That's not what that means, girl. And I just need her to understand that even if this is a musical theater production happening at a state college, you do not talk to your director that way. You just do not especially if it's Denzel Washington. It's just horrible actor etiquette. And deeper than that, we didn't discuss this. Don't you ever, if we're co-stars and we're acting in something together, don't you ever give me a note. Don't you ever look at me and give me an acting note. I was just about to say, she needs to be fined by SAG. (laughs) It's inappropriate. 
it's inappropriate. I'm doing my thing. You're doing your thing. If the director wants something from me, they will let me know. This is not an opportunity for you to be giving me acting notes. Don't do that ever. Right. Period. Period. Oh, honestly, the actor etiquette here was trash. You need another reading of the SAG equity sag after slash equity manual bitch because that is not in there you need to be fined ten thousand dollars like they do for the nba for infractions nope we don't do that okay should we move on to the next katie couric denzel gathering katie couric for everything she had in a bow are you ready first of all what on earth makes people think that they can come for denzel washington i don't get that impression from him at all in fact he scares me like what why do you feel so comfortable i'm just shocked go ahead have we not seen every single movie he's in he's a badass bitch in every single movie have we uh, clearly they haven't seen them that's what the issue is well that's a whole other story Okay, so Katie Couric, if you do not know, Katie Couric released a book about a week ago. About a week ago. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, and she is going after people. She is, I have not heard from Katie Couric. I did not remember that she was around for a while until this book came out. And she was going after Diane Sawyer, but most notably, she decided to try Denzel Washington. For what? Because this was embarrassing. Someone asked her a question, I think on a podcast and said, have you ever had an interview where you felt swindled, where you felt like you didn't get what you came in here for? And she said, actually, yes, I have. And decides to tell a story about Denzel Washington, to which I will now reenact for you. And the story goes like this. She starts, she says, Denzel, are you, do you feel, you know, Some people say Hollywood folks should stick to acting. Denzel responds and says, I don't know what Hollywood folks are, first of all. Hollywood is a town that has some stars on the sidewalk. I don't know anybody from there. He added, I'm not Hollywood folk. I don't know who they are. Katie Couric tries to reframe her question and says, are you an actor who would rather not? But Denzel Washington cuts her off. (laughs) And says, no, I'm not that either. I'm a human being. My job is acting. She um, tries to say that he misconstrued her question. And she's like, I don't think I said anything wrong. I don't know what happened. She's like, I love him and I admire him so much. He's one of my favorite actors. But, you know, Denzel Washington was not having it. What do you guys think about this? Because I think that was a perfect response. He said, skirt, we're not doing that. Move on. Listen, there can't, Denzel said, won't start none, won't be none. And he literally said, we can't get it on and popping because I'm about to stop it right here. Girl, I'm not about to go back and forth with you. The, where, this is where it ends. I said what I said. And I like that energy. I need to harness that energy for myself. Like, how dare you go after one of the black acting greats? That's like asking Spike Lee that question. You already know what the vibe is, bro. Like, what happened? How did you, <laughs> Katie Couric, I think all the fuck I back. think Katie Couric is used to interviewing people who want to be, like, polite, you know, where they're, like, nice about it. Where it's like, oh, what a great question, Katie. Yeah, you know, 
I consider myself to be a human being so I can feel the things I want to feel. I just am an actor who does that for their job. That's the response she's looking for. But I don't need to be polite to you when you're asking me a somewhat rude question. Yes. I think that the tide is changing for interviewers. I think people are starting to hold them accountable because of Britney Spears. Those documentaries, even though she's against him, I feel has turned a critical eye toward journalism and reporting because now the fact that Katie Couric had to bring that up, like, do you feel bad about it? Are you good? (laughs) Maybe we should have thought of that before. It's part of, I think Diane Sawyer to bring it back full circle is also in that because she also grilled Britney Spears at one point. She has grilled many of the greats and like asked the questions we wanted to know, but you know, she's not Andy Cohen, Andy Cohen. That's in his contract to do that, to be messy. But I'm realizing now everybody's messy. I think Piers Morgan is going through that. Diane Sawyer in particular, she was Indy Cohen before Indy Cohen. She was Perez Hilton before Perez Hilton, where that's why people were watching her. She had a primetime TV slots where she was interviewing people for 20 minutes and millions of people watched it because this is where we know she's going to get to the truth. And I think what we're starting to realize is as a collective, do we have access? Should we have access to the deepest, darkest inner workings of celebrities. It's like they're human beings. Do we need to get that from them? And although we want it, everybody wants it. Is it humane to put them on display in that way? Right. And I will say I was one of those people. I was actually so upset at Beyonce because I didn't know her innermost workings. But after getting my theater degree, I now understand what it is like to be an artist. I rebuke my ways in the name of Jesus. Amen. And I was wrong for that. And I think people, Amanda, stop laughing on this podcast. Amanda has been waiting for me to say this damn apology for so long. I'm here, bitch. I'm apologizing. I'm sorry. Let the record show she was wrong about the way that she wanted Beyonce to be skewered in Tree Like Britney. But you know what? We say a lot of shit about that. But it's because sometimes you have to be in that. Now that I'm an artist and I'm trying to do my shit, I don't want to I don't want to present anything. I get it now. I get it. We talk a lot of shit about Matthew Knowles because he really is a trash bag of a human person. Um, But one thing he was good at was managing his daughter, Beyonce Giselle Knowles Carter, because he was like, I see what y'all are doing to these little white girls. We're not about to let that shit happen. At the end of the day, this is my child and you're not about to destroy her as a person. And Beyonce has been able to keep her peace for most of her life because of it. If not all of her life, even when she's going through something terrible, she keeps it private until she can capitalize on it for herself. So like, yeah, my husband's cheating on me. So I released lemonade. So I appreciate that for her because she's using her avenues to make her, to find her peace. I appreciate that. That's how it should be. Definitely. And I take no qualms with that because that's how, you know, we talk about having your own domain. Beyonce has it her own public domain. She chooses how people feel about her. She doesn't let Instagram, Facebook, Twitter dictate her public opinion. She dictates what people think about her. And I appreciate that from her. I do. 
or even, maybe not what people think about her, but what she wants the narrative to be. She puts it out and it's like, okay, you either like Lemonade or you don't. You like that on one song, I'm talking about how I'm going to cut Jay-Z's dick off. And then the last song, I'm talking about how we reconciled and we're together. You may have opinions about that. But at the end of the day, this is the narrative. This is the story. This is what happened. And I think that's great. But I do think that journalists are cognizant of the fact that it can be damaging to celebrities as human beings when we are berating them and forcing them to reveal their inner secrets. Um, And although we want it as a public, I still want it. uh, I do think that responsibility now has been realized. Um, But this does kind of become a nice segue into our segment, Reality TV. Um, Obviously, if you listen to this podcast, you know we love the Real Housewives franchise. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills has delivered this season in a way that I don't think they ever have. Like, I'm thinking back to early, early seasons, and, like, they've never been able to do this shit. The trailer for the four-part reunion just released and oh my god the hold that it has on me i've watched it a hundred freaking times like it's so many Amanda, details did you call it a teasing this teasing did i i oh think you my did gosh, a teasing? amazing I amazing. like that this teasing like this teasing this te- tis the teasing ah tis the teasing that's real cute. That's our that's Christmas real cute. card. That's our Christmas special. Yes, that's our Christmas card right there. But I cannot wait to watch this. Andy clearly is not holding back at all. He literally said, I'm going to put you on a skewer and turn up the heat and started fucking drilling her with the hard hitting questions. I'm I'm certain that Erica and Andy do not talk today because I could not even if I was in the wrong I'm not looking at your ass ever a fucking again. The things that are about to come out in this reunion honestly maybe even better than the whole season. Amanda, do you think she did it? 100%. There's no way she didn't. Do the you think she knew? I think that she knew some things were unsavory. In that maybe she didn't care to find out okay, because Heather she was Gay. able to wear a different. <laughs> well, yes, literally. I think she knew some things were unsavory, but she didn't ask questions because she was able to get a pop star singing career and wear Louboutins every fucking day and have a glam squad fly around the world with her. She literally had an, a glam squad with her in Italy when they went on their Italy trip, an entire squad of people. When she left the house, she still had the glam squad. The glam squad was with her in the last um, vacation they went to, to the resort. And she's quote unquote broke. Let me tell you, bitch. I'm actually broke. Right. And I don't have a glam squad. I don't have a glam squad. The question Andy asked her, so why didn't you leave Tom earlier? And she literally looked at him and said, well, where am I? Where was I going to go? And Andy said, I know how much you make on this show. Meaning, bitch, you had the means to go if you wanted to. And you chose to stay until the shit got real. And you had to remove yourself from the situation because you too were going to prison. Do we... So, I hate to say this, 
But this season has really made me respect Sutton Strack. Sutton, I... Sherry, I just said that the other day. I just said that the other day. I didn't even like that bitch. I don't like her fashion. I think that she has too much money to be looking like that. She has enough money to actually do what Erica Jane is doing, but kosher. And she doesn't. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Anyway, um... Sutton, you asked the hard-hitting questions in real time. Kyle, I am not pleased with your performance this this season. It was very two-faced to me. And everyone's like, Kyle's trying to be honest. No, Kyle was stirring the pot. Garcelle, chef's kiss. Sutton and Garcelle carried this motherfucking season. On their backs. On bareback. No I shirt. I know they're tired. I know they're Not tired. bareback. Bleeding. <laughs> Bleeding. Because Bloody. Erica Jane was scratching. I will say, I am surprised that Erica Jane showed up. I appreciate her for showing up and answering these questions because but the girl, TV, baby. Girl, first of all, everyone keeps saying that, but she had no choice. She has no job and they're coming for her money. She needed the check, baby. If you're Erica, you have no other income. You need to be at the reunion because you need to get paid. Honestly, Honestly, this I I would rather have left the show because I guarantee that this is going to lead to an indictment from the FBI from her. I think so, too. You're losing more money. Can we talk about Garcelle this season? And honestly, the way that she was being come for at the beginning of the trailer, I don't appreciate the way that the force Fox five or whatever the fuck they want to call each other come for Garcelle because they're very selective about the things that they are okay with and things that they're not okay with. It's fine when Kyle is needling away at Dari and is telling her, you talk too much like da, da, da. The second that Garcelle says it, she's not direct. She's needling away at her. She's bullying her. And I'm like, yo, these are microaggressions if I've ever heard them. So it's okay when y'all do it, but when Garcelle does it, she's a bully. I don't You're right. like that at all. It makes You're me right. very, very uncomfortable because I too have been there before where all of a sudden everyone else's behavior is excusable because they're nice white ladies. And the second I do something, I'm mean, I'm aggressive, I'm da da da. I don't like it. It's going to be hard for me to watch because I've se- I've experienced it in my life. So friend of the pod, Kate, she brought this up to me because I this is like the second to last episode before the finale. They literally forced Garcelle to cry. And then Lisa Rinna, who I am very disappointed in her this season. I fucking loved past tense Lisa Rinna until Garcelle and Sutton. Um, Because she literally said to Garcelle when she was crying, wow, I'm so glad you did this. This was a really vulnerable moment. And I need to see that. You need to see me cry to know that I have a problem. What? When I've been articulating to you, I don't feel included. I feel like an outsider. I don't feel like you guys make an effort. She's been saying that since last season. So it's not like she's giving new information. It's now the first time you're choosing to hear it because she's breaking down and crying and basically begging you to be nicer to her. And it's clear to me that this behavior is continuing into the season and into the reunion. And I'm just... I'm trepidatious because i'm like to me i need a trigger warning like that's difficult for me to deal with agreed that's been my whole problem watching garcelle on these past two seasons like i'm getting like 
hot flashes from watching a black woman navigate in this white space. Like, <laughs> totally. Yeah, it's it's hard to watch. <laughs> like, to say the least, it's deeply troubling. But a little snippet. I'm very excited based on what Andy did with Erica Jane to see what he does with fucking Jen Shaw, who actually has a fucking charge. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I, 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 I can't. Where's that from, you guys? Not the angel. (laughs) Not the angel, bitch. (laughs) Come on, Tony Kushner. You better. Appreciate that. I cannot. I, 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 I am. <laughs> I think that's a good place to leave it this week. Wow. I'm Salt Lake City. <sighs> I completely agree. And I, so many things are happening in Salt Lake City, but like, I don't want to talk about it right now because it's so early in the season. And I know there's so much on the horizon, but I love Jenny. I'm a huge fan of Jenny. I think she's a great addition. Okay. Is it that time? It count is us down, that girl. Time. Sherry, why don't you count us down? Okay. Three, two, one. We, we out. out. <laughs>